What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Beast Mode podcast. My name is Aaron Bees. I am super excited to be here with Laura B. And we have connected on Instagram. I'm actually going to let her do like introduce herself because she's got quite a powerful story. Uh, but I'm really excited because she's also another anti MLM content creator. And so I'm excited to hear a little bit more about that journey and kind of, yeah. So without further ado, uh, you want to introduce yourself and say hello and all of those things? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Erin. Hi, everybody. My name is Laura and I... have started anti-MLM content creation in December after getting out of two MLMs during 2020. So it started with Us Born Books and More, and then I did an MLM hop to Arbonne because I thought it might be better than books, you know, being able to have like a a, a consumable product that people would have. And I was going through health issues. So a uh, little background about me. I have had chronic pain and illness issues for the past, like about two years. It started as like some back pain and then just kind of progressively got worse. And I am also autistic and have some other like mental health struggles. So that plays into my story on being able to interpret whether or not someone is being genuine when they approach me and getting through that. So my- That in itself, that's a lot. Yes. That's a lot. And to go from, so what I know about Usborn books is- that is uh, pretty much in-person events, you know? And so you couldn't really do that much during COVID. And then there was this shift to really taking care of our health and really evaluating what we're spending time on, in my opinion, from um, 2020. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I never actually did in-person events because when I started Us Born Books, it was during the pandemic. So- when I started, they were doing a lot of online Facebook parties. Okay. So I was incorporated into that. And we basically were given a whole like PowerPoint of templates to like on what we were specifically supposed to do for the parties. And they gave us a little bit of creativity by like being able to put our pictures on it and you know something like that but most everything was already done for us which ended up making for a lot of the same parties the same themes the same everything so like if you go to one us born party it's pretty much the same across the board yeah not a lot of uh creativity there <laughs> uh, that's probably pretty frustrating for uh, for you but also for you know, the people attending the parties, because typically, because I started in parties, I know how referrals happen. So you have a hostess and they invite a couple friends and those friends book parties who introduce you to, you know, a, a, a couple other friends, but essentially it's the same kind of friend group. So they're seeing the same party. And I know when I was doing parties, we were kind of encouraged to have different um, kits, if you will, you know, which is front loading. <laughs> it's essentially what that is, is front loading. And so you would have different kits so that you could show different things at different parties, but then you would go to the parties and they would be like, well, but you always show this, like, why are you showing this? And yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah um, I had my kit and I would often like use it to show books and like, you know, we can only read like a certain part we can't necessarily like for copyright reasons not read the whole thing but uh we can highlight those and add elements to that but a lot of times it was the same thing and when I was in it they actually had like some videos that of another like a higher up telling like reading uh, showing off the products like interesting 
for the kids and then they would like incorporate that into it. So some random higher up um, video that was pre-recorded would go into our uh, parties. <laughs> and the, the person doing the video, they don't, these people haven't been watching that person. I find it so interesting when companies do this or when uplines do this, because it's kind of like, well, you're sending people that have built a relationship with you or through the friend, the friend is introducing them to you, to this other person. If it's your party, you should be able to, to use your content, you know? So I remember we, we were kind of, I did a lot of Facebook parties and stuff like that from my first and second company. And I am trying to remember, I'm looking at my phone right now because I'm trying to remember, um, there was a company, there was two gals. Oh, you know what they're called? I was, have you ever heard? I think they're called the tag team. Have you ever heard of them from parties? No, I don't think I've heard of the tag team and I'm going to have to, I think they're called the tag team. I'm curious about that now. Well, <laughs> because what you were saying was there's this kind of set format to the parties. You do this, you say this, this is the game you play. Um, this is how that works. And if I remember correctly, there was this, yeah, they're called the tag team. This is from like 2014, 2015 was kind of when this was really popular. And they are two gals that help and, and basically help you package a Facebook party for MLMs. So when I was okay. hearing you, yeah, when I was hearing you say we have pre-packaged stuff, I was like, oh gosh, what was the name of those two gals? Because I used to do it too, where they had a set format. You do this for your booking game. You do this for, you know, talking about recruiting and you show this, and this is the post that you do a week prior to the party and six days and five days. And it's this whole like prepackaged thing, but then you, and I, let me know what you think. I feel like when you have that kind of what they call duplication, it takes the, the personality, almost the individuality out of why people come to us or used to come to us in the first place was because of us being us, you know? Yeah, and they would change up the themes throughout, like, you know, when back to school happened and yep. those kinds of things, even if it was homeschool during the time, they would change those out. And, but we didn't really have as much uh, creativity and stuff. But like the slides were specifically, there was a slide for recruiting and there was a slide, like there was a slide for getting people to host. There was a slide for getting people to purchase and yeah. reminding people to purchase and like all these different things. And we had scripts for everything. Yeah. There were, uh, they actually told us for when somebody hosts a party that we would have to try to recruit them to become a consultant under us about three times. Yep. So when they, it was expected that they would say no. And we would say, okay, they say no this time. And then we're like, oh, you'd be so good at it. You're hosting this party and, you know, we're doing the work for you. But if you took it over, then you would get the commission off of that. Yeah. Flipping the hostess. I remember that very clearly where it was like, listen, um, I was coached that you could actually break down really quickly what you made from the party. And you could say, listen, I made, you know, $300 or whatever. I'm just throwing out a random, random number. I made $300. Like this could be money that you made and I'll give you all of the bookings from this party. If you'll, you know, become a, a, a distributor of whatever company flipping the hostess. That was like a lot of people recruited doing that. So this is taking me way back because I was in party plan in 2007. So, <laughs> but I remember all of this stuff very clearly. So very interesting. Yeah. And another interesting, this is, this is actually different from a lot of MLMs. Something that Usborne does is you actually don't make any money off of your first four consultants. So you have to rank up to team leader and get five consultants under you before you actually get a cut of the commission. Oh my God. Them. 
but they also incentivize you to recruit, 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 just like any other MLM, even while you're not making money off of them, because every month they have these home office, uh, like, gifts. So what I mean by that is they have, like, these prizes and there's like three ranks of prizes and you can get prizes for based on solely sales but it's usually the cheapest prize and then there's like the really nice item prizes that um it involve having at least one recruit per month or like more and so like there's this whole incentivized thing and then also with us born there was this whole eight week climb program I think it was eight weeks uh, like a fast start program. Exactly. So it Got was it. like this where you're really incentivized to recruit, recruit, recruit for your first um, couple yeah. months. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I cannot stand, and I know as soon as I say this saying, you're going to be like, oh my God, yes. Uh, when it comes to recruiting in MLMs, did you ever hear the phrase uh, as far as like the high turnover rate? Some will, some won't. So what? Did I didn't hear. hear I didn't hear some will, some won't. So what? But I definitely heard no means not yet. Oh, God, that's so. <laughs> and yeah, I've heard a lot of the those in there. So, but some will, some won't. So what sounds like something that they would say. So bad. I'm going to open an energy drink. I mean, we maybe we'll turn this into an ASMR moment. I have a, a rock star here. Yeah. Let's see if they, if you guys let us know if you guys can hear this. I don't think you can, but anyways, cheers friend. Mine is all carbonated bubbly. I was always worried that it was going to. You know, putting it up next to the mic. I love it. I think it'd be so fun, totally random, but I think it'd be so fun to make ASMR videos. <laughs> I don't have nails anymore, but anyways. Yeah, so I just recently born. upgraded. Sorry, uh, I just recently upgrade, upgraded my mic. So like, I'm kind of tempted to just hold it up and do story time. Like, you I know. think that's awesome. Do it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love it. You totally have to do like stories or something like that. That'd be so funny. <laughs> um, okay. So how did you get out of us born? Like, tell me about that. Tell us about that. I should say. Okay. Yeah. So when I've, um, well, just, I don't know if you want to hear how I got into us. Yes. Too, tell but, me everything. Okay. Um, well, so my best friend I knew since elementary school, she, we had some rocky times where like we, like she moved away in middle school. And so we didn't meet up with each other again until like college. And so like, there was a lot of uh, us changing away from each other. And so then when we, we got together again at, at a point, like talking on Facebook and stuff, and then she like, you know, she asked how life was going and I was like, oh yeah, it's good. And I got really excited because we were talking again and thought, okay, we're going to, we're going to make it work again. Yeah, like this is um, my friend. I miss it. <laughs> yeah. And so then she's like, Hey, I was wondering, like, would you like to work with me? This would be really fun. Oh. And I thought it was a children's book thing. I thought it was like kind of like a book uh, reseller or, or like a retail type of job or something. And and mm-hmm. then so that's kind of how I I thought of it. I didn't. You don't really think of MLMs as book uh, children's books. It seems so innocent and everything, right? Really does. So that's how I kind of got incorporated in. I didn't know about the starter kit, you know, costing $25, which is not a lot compared to other MLMs, but I didn't know I was going to have to pay. And then like, so, but then I just kind of thought, well, my friend vouched for it. Now I fast forward and then I had um, a couple people in my downline, but they were giving me hard times. Uh, and then my upline was giving me hard times. There was just a lot of toxicity mm. in the communication aspects. They like, 
my upline would be saying, well, I should have known this policy and like in policy and procedures. And then we were like butting heads and stuff. Mm. So I just, I was also going through a lot of the health issues with uh, my back and my fatigue and stuff. So like, I felt like I needed to just step back because the parties are a lot of work, even if they're like, even if they're like done for you kind of parties, they're a lot of work because you have to find people for them. You have to do a whole bunch of Hey girl messages, you know, and they're all scripted, but yeah, like it's draining. It's emotionally draining to talk with people on those and then get a lot of people ignoring your messages or being upset with you for, or telling you it's a pyramid scheme and telling you to get out. And then you think that they're haters, that kind of stuff. So it was so draining. I just kind of started stepping back and I was still technically with Usborn when I joined Arbonne, but I thought books are really hard to pitch to people because it's very easy to get books these days yeah. and children's books, you know, people, people end up with so many and they're like, I already have too many books. Right. And I thought with my health that maybe I should switch to a health MLM. Maybe that's why it wasn't working for me. I thought that was the problem. I didn't think of the MLM structure as being the issue. Did you know anything about MLMs before you started in Usborne or Arbonne? I mean, you obviously did with Arbonne because you joined one MLM for another or you left one, you know what I'm saying? But did you know anything prior to, to that about MLMs? Yeah, I actually, I had heard of MLMs. I, so I have a bachelor's in psychology and I ended up getting into a life coaching, health coaching program. And a lot of people that are in health coaching industry end up uh, in MLMs as well because there's a lot of crossover with the way the personal development aspect and the, and that Mm. kind of stuff that's for a whole different podcast, but that I didn't really know a whole lot. I knew that MLM equals bad, like people, I knew that there was an association with it being not great, but I didn't really understand it. And I had actually way before this, I had gotten sucked into ACN for a a short minute. Yeah. I didn't know that it was an MLM, but I I had seen a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Holy cow. (laughs) I, I spent a lot of years getting sucked into kind of scammy things. Like when I saw things online about making money and stuff like in the past, I've, I've gotten, I've, I've been one that to believe what I saw yeah, and I, and I didn't know the difference. So, but I was only in that. Yeah. I have something, um, I think that might help a lot of people that are listening right now because of what you just said, you, you said, I, um, how did you word that just now? that you were, um, I joined, I can't remember how you said it. Let me, I digress. I was listening to Roberta Blevins, uh, podcast life after MLM. And for those of you listening, if you have not listened to her podcast, I highly suggest it. It's super powerful. And I don't know if you've listened to it, Laura, but I was listening to her cultish one. Cause I'm getting ready to read that book cultish. And she has, um, the author on there. And she said something really profound because I think that there's a lot of guilt and shame when people leave their MLMs because they feel like they were a failure. They feel like something is wrong with them. That's why it didn't work. And they have all of these kind of emotions that they, they work through in their, in their healing journey. Cause it essentially is a healing journey. When you are leaving your MLM, you're leaving a cult like structure, you know? And she said something profound yesterday and it was, you don't join an MLM, you're lured into an MLM. And there's a reason that I say this and there's, and as soon as she, I'm telling you guys, there's a reason I'm telling you guys this, but as soon as she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, 
There's a reason that when you see social media posts that they say things a certain way, that they use specific words. There's a reason that, that you see you know, those vulnerable posts because they're preying on other people's vulnerability. And let me also just say that I don't think that there are, I don't think everybody involved in an MLM is doing this intentionally. I think that they're duplicating the system. There's very, very good people at MLM. And then there's other people that uh, they know exactly what they're doing and they're totally okay with hurting people. So I don't know, like, think about that, you guys, as, as you're listening to this and listening to Laura's story, you know, you, you didn't join an MLM, you were lured into it. She was lured into us born books by her friend that she was hoping to reconnect with. She was lured into Arbonne because she was going through her own health challenges at the time. And she joined that thinking that that was the solution, probably because that's what was being shown on her social media pages and stuff. So I think social media and MLMs are a very dangerous combination for so many reasons. But yeah, I just wanted to say that because there was something that you just said. I can't remember how you worded it, Laura, but the way that you worded it, I was like, we don't join MLMs. We're lured into them. We watch for a long time and we listen and we, you know, absorb the language and words are very, very, very powerful. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I wouldn't remember what I said either. <laughs> I, I have ADHD too. So like it's all over the place sometimes and I, I will it. not remember but I do that brings up some interesting points I think that sometimes we you know in a sorry to use this but in like abusive type relationships yep. to toxic relationships which an MLM is yes we we can be vic victims at the start and then as it progresses we can become the victimizers ourselves yes. without even realizing it or maybe we do realize it and then we realize that we are screwing people over but we're making money in the process and so what if they're not making the money we're making the money by recruiting and stuff like that so yep. I know that a lot of people are lured into MLMs thinking they join and everything, thinking that it's their decision, but they see the influence that they have these false promises and these false expect expectations for that lifestyle. So that is a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, I mean, even though, you know, you've been out of, of MLM longer than I have, but I think sometimes we forget that as anti-MLM creators, like we forget that we also were lured into this in some way, shape or form. And it, it could have been uh, out of necessity and feeling like, you know, you needed to make extra money or whatever the case may be. There's a grooming process in all of this. And I think that that's what we're really trying to highlight. So yeah, that's heavy, right? Yeah. Especially in your first month with the Okay, so for with Arbon, I was definitely feeling hyped up with the kind of that honeymoon phase of uh, love bombing. I was just going to say love bombing. Yes. I was just yes. going to say that. <laughs> yes. So with Arbon, I actually thought, you know, I don't know if I actually want to do that whole parties and selling and recruiting thing like I did yeah. with Usborn. So I really just wanted to get the 30 days to healthy living and try to work better on my health and do that. And then it became a matter of, you know, I got the discount and I like signed up and everything. It's like half off, but like half off of the 30 days to healthy living is like $250 or something. Oh, wow. Like, what, it's is the healthy, what is the healthy living uh, program? Yeah. So you get a kit. It's like you choose your protein. There's like two bags of protein and it's like normally $77 retail value. For a bag of protein? For one bag. Dear God. Yes. Arvon's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have like prebiotic, probiotic fiber stuff and like tea, you know, detox teas and uh, fizz sticks, you know, they got to throw oh, that in there. Sticks. <laughs> That's like the, the addiction. How, how do you, how do you tell if someone is a, a bond babe or, you know, an Arbon? 
A bond or, babe. Is that what they, is that what yeah, they call? Bond babe, fizz dealer. <laughs> a fizz dealer. I've never heard this. This is yes. fascinating. Yes. Well, you might have heard of shampoo dealer from like, sh- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. fizz dealer is Arbon. Uh, yeah. There's a whole thing for oh that. Oh my God. <laughs> I featured that in some of my uh, top fails videos for. That's hilarious. That. Yeah. It is. Hey, that's another thing that um, Roberta was talking about yesterday or yeah, from yesterday's podcast, from Sunday's podcast, but she was talking about the language, how they all have kind of their own thing. Shampoo dealer, um, bond babe. Uh, what are some of the other ones that they were talking about? They were like the, the, all the terms from Lula rich, like the Lula room. Um, oh, I haven't heard of that. Where I they have that- all their, their stock. The Lula, that's my Lula room. Like they would have all these Lula name things. I don't know. It's just so interesting to me. I know that with us born, it was like book boss, book lady, like, okay, which kind of sounds like librarian to me. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And yeah, they had like, you can get a tiara when you like rank up high enough. There's so much about this tiara. I know. I'm thinking that my reasoning for the reason they have like all these fun names and stuff is to try to lure people into that lifestyle, that opportunity where it makes you feel special. It makes you feel like you earned this awesomeness or something factor. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's the dangling of the carrot that we see in MLMs, you know, whether it's a rank or you know, a car bonus or, you know, a, a tiara, tiara, however you say that tiara or, you know, what, like whatever. I think that there's all these things, maybe it's just like, um, one-on-one time with your, your leader's leader or somebody that holds a special rank or a special event or something like that. But I think that they hold all of these kind of carrots out seeing who's going to keep jumping. And those are the people that they quote unquote pour into the ones that are going to keep jumping, you know, trying to get this carrot, even though, you know, the formula and you and I both know this, and I hope that our, you know, listeners also know this, but, you know, nine, over 99% of people that join an MLM lose money, you know, so you're jumping for these carrots thinking this is the way, this is the way. And then it's like, you're never going to get that carrot because you're not part of the 1% you are part of the 99% that has to fail in order for that person to be holding the string with the carrot in the first place. You know, it's so sad. Yeah. And when I, when I had joined Arbon, I again, did not plan on selling or recruiting because that was so much pressure on me when I was in Esborn and my health. But when I started you know, taking the proteins and doing the, like the, the plans they had, like they join, you join a group and you're uh, getting like healthy recipes and stuff, but really you can only eat one meal. Oh my God. um, Because you're, you're, you're drinking the shakes for morning and afternoon. Those are your meals, the shakes. Right. And so it does promote this kind of um, unhealthy eating lifestyle that we see in like, you know, the other, uh, MLMs that are wellness based. And I, um, so I was following that. And then my upline was saying, oh my gosh, you need to share your journey. You need to share how you're like, you're glowing. She was saying, oh my gosh, you look so amazing. You're glowing. You should share it with people. So then I started making posts about my journey and then started saying how like you can join me on this journey let's do it together and then it started turning into join this business and there's the hostess flipping that we were talking about from parties a little bit different obviously but hey you're already taking the product you might as well be making money on it you know you might as well earn yours for free or whatever wow wow yeah. And once I started doing the, the launch parties were a little, the parties were a little different with Arbon. We would do like zoom calls and it would be like, I'm in training at first. So they would always have to have an upline member present. 
was in that, Nepal. Was that a requirement? Was that like a team requirement or was that something that was in the policies and procedures? I think it was, I don't know if it was like, it might've just been a, a team thing. I'm not really sure. Like, I think it was my opinion. This is how I understand it. So when I had a really close friend of mine, he's still my close friend. He's been through it all with me. And he wanted me to be able to get my money back from this endeavor I spent money in. And so he thought that he could help me by buying like some teas and supporting me. Okay. And I told him, uh, I told him, I actually told him that my upline would be present in the call because like I had to do a call to, to talk with him about my business and, and, and to make sure that we got his products. Cause we had to kind of order it for him and stuff like oh, that's interesting. That's a whole thing because the website's confusing. That's what they told me. I think it's honestly to try to guilt people into buying more. Yeah. It's a two on one. Yeah. And this is where well, you want to, you want to be successful. So you want to get the big kit, you know, the most success, successful people start off with this kit. Yeah. This is where it actually definitely became that because I had him on the call and he only wanted to buy the teas, remember, or like something small just to support me to support and, and to, yeah. yeah, to try to help me get back some of the money that I spent on it. And which really ends up enabling, but you know, like unintentionally enabling you to keep going right. because you see a little bit of success. Yeah. But anyway, my upline was on the call and she started telling him he needed all of this stuff. And she started like piling it up on him. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I actually was, it, embarrassed at on the call and I I actually told him you know you don't need to buy anything you don't need to buy any of this yeah. stuff I actually felt like guilty and started saying that uh and I I was like I don't you don't you don't need all this stuff and he did end up buying all the stuff that she put in the cart for him and I felt so guilty about that mm. and I'm pretty sure my upline gave me some looks though, when I was trying to talk him out of it. Yeah. But it's like, be quiet. Let the expert yeah. come in and do what, what we're supposed to do. Whoa. Yeah. But I, I felt guilty. And then a week later I got my paycheck and I got money from that purchase he made. And then I'm like, oh, this is a legitimate business. I've got money. Mm -hmm. And then that is where the enabling part came in because yeah. I thought, oh, I see a little bit of success. So then I started really ramping it up yeah. with going after everyone because of that. Yeah. And that's uncomfortable. You start to see a little bit of success and then it's like, you are going to keep going because look at what I did. Oh my gosh. You know, let's, let's do even more. And it's like, you, you almost kind of become a machine, you know, you become a machine and, and it, through the duplication of the systems that are in place, you know, you kind of lose your sense of self a little bit. You start wearing the brand and all of this stuff. And it's like, but you, you forget who you were and you take that kind of, I don't know, it sounds like really intense, but you almost take that human aspect, that human connection out of it because you're so focused on your sales. You're so focused on, you know, having them order the big pack or whatever, joining the team or whatever, that it's like, you forget that this is somebody and, and we're talking about 2020. So we're talking about a time where people are losing their jobs, you know? So I had a really hard time, you know, coming from prove it. And that dollar keto, keto club that they launched and they were really pushing us to um, the people that are losing their jobs to get them to join. And I'm like, okay, you're joining for a dollar, you know, but you still have to buy product. You still have to buy the starter pack or something like that. So you're asking somebody to join for a dollar, but then bait and switching, you know, in them into spending money to start this quote unquote business. And I, I, 
the whole time frame of 2020, I had a really hard time with any of that because I started to wake up after removing myself like you did. And so it sounds like some of this is, it was kind of going on with you. You were like, oh my gosh, I'm making this money, but wait, I just kind of preyed on my friend who just wanted to buy some teas. And I think that that is a switch that happens a little bit over time. I don't think anybody joins an MLM to victimize people, to prey on people. But essentially, in my opinion, I feel like that's kind of slowly what you're taught to do. You know, some will, some won't. So what? You know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of a, you know, well, we have a high turnover rate, but, you know, it is what it is. Replace, you know, like it's, I don't know. It's just the the timing of 2020 and COVID and all of the stuff that was happening at that time. And then uh, I feel like it's really turned the magnifying glass on MLM and the people that are participating in it. And for me, I'm grateful for that because I was hurting people. So, um, the fact that we can speak on it and help other people from preventing, I think is really beautiful. Yes. And that's actually why I created my channel in the first place was because I could either hide or speak out against, um, what was happening and hopefully help other people. But yeah, when, after that happened, and even before that with us born, I was reaching out to people, trying to incorporate them into the business. And it's really interesting. I don't actually have kids, but I was portraying this, uh, Mm opportunity with kids and so like I actually was asking how do I relate this and so they're like you probably have nieces and nephews or some like something like that and then the same way that I would go after people was so now that I look back on it was so predatory and I did not realize but I was going after like especially if someone put on Facebook about their kids um, doing anything I would I would like talk to them about that and try to get them into it. But if they didn't have kids or if I didn't know if they had kids, I was still sending out the messages because maybe they knew someone with kids. Or they right? had nieces and nephews, just like or, you were told. Or they were a kid at heart and they secretly wanted the books, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so Anybody true. and everybody, like if you have a pulse, if you have a credit card, that's kind of the saying that, you know, a lot of MLMs are and same with Arbon, especially with Arbon. I think Arbon's probably worse in, in terms of that experience, um, going after people. But after, after that, like tiny bit of success, I started thinking, um, to go after people, but it wasn't like I was, it it wasn't like a, just a switch where I was suddenly, a bad person that was like trying to go after people and prey on them. I didn't even realize I was doing it. It was like, I saw success and I thought I could help people with this healthy opportunity. And like, you know, I'm helping people. I'm, I'm, I'm going and giving people this opportunity, you know, women's empowerment, (laughs) like, or men's empowerment. Cause you know, men like, wellness products too and yep so all that stuff and I would just go into people's dms and I actually I actually had a friend that I well I had several friends that people that blocked me and stuff like that a lot of fallout from these messages but I had a friend that at one point said that she feels like I only see her as a dollar sign now. Yeah. And that really hurt while I was in the MLM that really hurt because I didn't have any idea that that's what she felt like because I was like no longer talking about anything except for my MLM because I became the MLM. And so like, I think it's really important that we recognize that when people join MLMs, they haven't really separated themselves from the MLM and it becomes their, their life, identity. their identity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're yeah, friends and you, again. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you wear it everywhere. I know I did. I mean, it was on my car. It was on my shirts. It was on my blender bottles. It, it every opportunity 
that I had to talk about the brand to people that I know that I don't know. Yeah. Very predatory, very predatory. So what was your final kind of straw when it comes to Arbonne? What made you go, you know what? I, this, I don't, this isn't right. And I'm going to figure out how to get out of this. Like, what was that? Is there a moment that, that, that kind of happened? Okay. So there were a couple shifts and it started out, you know, people started saying about pyramid schemes and um, like, you know, I was told that they're just haters. I was, yep. I was constantly asking, I'm like, why are people so mean towards our business? What's happening? Yeah. And, you know, like, why do people, why am I having such trouble getting people recruited or like, uh, you know, interested in purchasing even? And like, so I started exploring and you know that exploring and trying to find out facts is is kind of crucial to getting out right so I (laughs) it's funny because I actually stumbled across first I stumbled across the reddit with anti-MLM and I thought wow there's so many haters in the the anti-MLM thread you know (laughs) and then I discovered anti-MLM YouTube and I discovered a Kiki Chanel video and I actually hit the thumbs down button because I I was upset I was like she doesn't know anything we're not a pyramid scheme our business is different (laughs) You know, yeah. I oh my saying, God, I love this so much though, because we, we have a response when you're in an MLM and you see somebody talking about your company, your team, your leader, it's like, you have this response that you almost can't control because you're like, this person has changed my life. But as you start to kind of question and see facts, it's like, it, it's an unraveling. It's not like a, it's not like a switch. It's an unraveling a, a piece of, of you know, yarn coming out of the yarn ball where it's just kind of starting to unravel and it takes time. So this is fascinating. So you gave her a thumbs down. Sorry, Kiki. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When you're brainwashed, when you're manipulated into a a cult or a program, whatever you want to call it, like where, where that kind of stuff happens. Sorry. I'm straining for the words but uh going back to Kiki Chanel I saw the video and I'm like I disagree with all this I it's not our MLM you must be talking about other ones that are bad ours is different yeah separating I was very indoctrinated into my MLM at the time and I but the thing is that after watching it I started seeing more of it pop up and I was still very curious about the other side I wanted to know why people had such a problem with it and so it wasn't until and I don't know if you watch not the good girl Josie yes absolutely amazing amazing and it wasn't until I stumbled across one of her interviews that she did with a Jane Doe one per- top one percent Arbon. oh I don't think I've watched that one yeah well there's there was a video of a top one percent Arbon distributor that stepped away from Arbon because of all of the stuff that was happening and I was thinking how I'm not even, I'm, I was on the road towards district manager uh, in Arbonne, which is the second rank. Like I was hitting my goals, but it was kind of like, I was mostly buying to hit the goals. Yeah. Front loading. (laughs) Exactly. And I still have a bunch, but anyway, I was at the very bottom of Arbonne. I was just like a, a, when you sign up, that was me. And I saw this top earner getting like all this stress and all the things that was happening behind the scenes. And I thought that person left and it's a really good video to see, but somehow that really started to change um, my opinions and but it wasn't, there was a little bit more. So I was still hesitant to leave. So I still attended some team calls after that, but I wasn't necessarily, like I started taking off the rose colored glasses, if you will. I started 
de-brainwashing. And so I was in the team calls and I was listening to the stuff they were saying about constantly needing to replace your toothpaste or shampoo, all these things and be a product of the product. And I was like, you know, this is really bad. Why? And, and everybody in the comments was saying how awesome the tips were and all this personal development stuff and reading, you know, Rachel Hollis and all these things. Oh my God, Rachel Hollis. <laughs> Put the book down. Yes. yes. Girl, stop making books. Oh, girl, please stop. <laughs> yeah. I wow. actually I actually have a, a video titled Girl, please stop. Yes, <laughs> good. That. But yeah, so I saw that and I was like, mm, I don't I don't agree with this anymore. And this yeah. is not right. But then I, I was getting mental health help at the time. And this is a, this is a really fascinating story to tell because I think it's really important about the links that people will go. So this was the final straw. This was like the big catalyst after all of that, that kind of helped to, cause it's a journey to get out. It's not something you can immediately do at the snap, right. you know? So my upline, I told, I made the mistake and this is on me. I made the mistake of telling my upline that I was seeking mental health help with a counselor. And you can see where this might be going. I already know. <laughs> I already, I wish we could interact with the listeners because I know that they're probably like, we already know where this is going. But, yeah. <laughs> yes. So my, uh, my upline told me that I should start giving samples to my counselor oh my and God. like get them on board because my counselor had like a waiting room and stuff. And we could put like yeah. all the Arbonne teas in there and like the Arbonne like soaps for the bathroom, just like all the wellness stuff. Oh my God. And <laughs> I was shocked. I was thinking, I, I said to her, I'm like, this is my therapist. I don't want to cross those boundaries. I don't want to, yeah. like, I'm seeking them for mental health help. And that's kind of like a, a weird dynamic where you don't want to rock that boat and she she told me well my my doctors and therapists are all my clients I'm like do you not see what's wrong with that wow I was I was floored and you know what the strange thing is I I was looking back on some of my videos for a recent video I did on my story and I was thinking if I hadn't gone through those steps of seeing anti-MLM content and like exploring like more than just what my upline told me, yes, then I would have probably been okay with giving my counselor those products. And you wouldn't have thought twice. You'd have been I like, this is fantastic. I'm going to these appointments and getting the assistance that, that I want and, and need, um, uh, because of just what, you know, what you're all, probably all of it, probably all of this contributed. And then I can, like, I can hear the, I can hear the thought process. So I'm going to go and I'm paying for this service, but I'm going to go and I'm going to make money, which makes this service free. And now becomes a tax write-off. That's literally how MLM people think. Yeah. It. It's interesting because it's not about the individual person anymore. Like you, like I was, it's not, it, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words, but you're fine. I stumble all the time. We just keep it moving around here. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten through that. Like I would, I, I'm not a bad person, but the MLM takes over. Yes. The MLM takes over and you become that MLM. It's all you can talk about. It's all you can think about and thinking about the next moves. Yeah. So in order to get out of an MLM, it's really important to take those initial steps to try to learn more and seek out more information than just the biased upline stuff that you're being told, the trainings yes. that you're being told in 
BMLM. You have to have something outside of BMLM to help get you out of BMLM or to help you understand that there is a problem. And that's not to say like they might think if people in the MLM might think that an anti-MLM channel is meant to try to like bring people out out of the MLM, that that is true, but they think that we're biased in a hater kind of sense and not in a, I'm trying to help you kind of sense. Yep. And I think that it's important because we, we often pull from income disclosures yep. as well as their compensation plan that they always say is the best compensation plan ever. They're <laughs> all the same. They're exactly. all the same. You've the got compensation to recruit. Plan, it's always about recruiting, like always 90 ish percent of it is recruiting. And, and yet they, they talk about that, but they don't talk about the income disclosure. They don't talk about that. You know, that brings up another thing. I'm sorry if I'm uh, going on different tangents, but that's what I love about these podcasts. (laughs) That's what we're supposed to do. What's meant to come out comes out always. And it's, it's perfect. I'd love to do another one with you because there's so much to talk about and in various things. Yeah. But the income disclosure, I actually, when I first got into Arbonne, I looked because they always talk about how we have to refer to earnings.arbonne.com when we say something because they had gotten nagged on by FTC for uh, COVID related things right around the time that I joined. So it was very important that we had to like disclose that this isn't typical, that kind of thing. You see that a lot. (laughs) So I, as a new recruit was wondering about the earnings and how come it was so low. So this is an interesting thing. I actually asked my upline because I thought, well, surely they know about this. And they told me, you know, I was like, is it, is it because people aren't, you know, I started asking, is it because a lot of people are inactive or what's going on here? And then she said that the, the earnings, the income disclosure is a lot of people that are inactive, of course, and a lot of people that are not working hard enough and people that are maybe part-time and, and aren't doing very much, or maybe they're just joining for the products. So she spun it that way, that Mm -hmm. that's why 99, you know, that's why people are not making money. That's why 99% of people aren't successful because they're not really working and stuff like that. Yeah. They're not working hard enough. Yeah. They're not doing enough. And when I was told by um, haters, I'm air quoting for those that are on podcast. But when I was told that people like didn't like me, didn't like my business, that's another thing. You always think that they don't like you when they don't like your business. Yep. So that's important to very keep personal. In mind. Yeah, you take it personally. So when that was happening and I was asking my upline about that, they said, well, they won't be laughing so much when you drive up in a Mercedes Benz. And what does that do? Can we talk about that for a second? What, what does it matter? The car that you drive up in, nobody cares except for MLM people that are taking pictures for their Instagram. Like it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. And that fancy car that's not actually free is going to cost you a lot in maintenance. Oh yeah. And it's not free because I have one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's all about the luxury lifestyle. They're, they're always like, MLMs tend to show a lot of beaches and a lot of like the highlights on vacation. You should be able to step away from your phone. Listen, if I'm going to the beach, (laughs) I'm, I'm not going to be looking at my phone. That's not happening. And I used to be that person that would be constantly on the phone, (laughs) not doing it. If I set my phone aside, I'm not looking at it. I'm going to take in a moment. It's okay to take a couple pictures here and there, like, because you're on vacation, but like, if you're spending your whole, whole vacation, like on the phone, like, look at me, look at me, look at all these fancy things I can afford. So cringy. Why did I do that? (laughs) And all your money goes back into the MLM and back into promoting that lifestyle. That's right. So when you think that you're making money and you don't actually do an analysis of 
what you're losing. I know that you, Aaron, have been talking about like keeping track of your expenses in an MLM and like doing a comparison of that. Yeah. The profit and loss statement. Absolutely. Yes. I, I did that for Arbonne when I did my Arbonne deep dive, Mm. but it was like, I wasn't in it very long, but when I looked at all the expenses involved in it, I actually lost about over a thousand dollars a month or total total. So that wasn't too bad because I wasn't in it. I was only in it for a couple months, so I wasn't in it very long. But losing $1,000 over a couple months during a pandemic where a lot of people were losing their jobs, that, uh, that is a lot of money to a lot of people. Not only that, but it's not even just the money that, that you lose because I lost friendships. I, my family members would, whenever I would say, after I got out, whenever I would say, Hey, how are you doing? They thought I'm not, they said, I'm not interested in any products. I'm not interested. And it became this point where like, I have to remind family that I'm just reaching out to actually genuinely ask how they're doing now. And also I'm stuck with a lot of inventory still. (laughs) Yeah. So if anybody wants any Arbonne products, you can contact Laura and she can hook you up just like we did with in the Dre episode with ketones. I'm just going to create this connection of people from MLMs that are no longer in the MLM that we like, if you're wanting to try it, if you're wanting some fizz sticks, cause I know you got a lot of them on there on your countertop, probably um, yeah. you can contact Laura. And by the way, how can they, how can they um, get in contact with you? And Sorry. I think we, we probably will need to do another part, uh, another, well, not, not a part two, but another episode, I think. Here's a fist showing, stick. She's showing me fist sticks, you guys. I know that the podcasters can't see, but this is a blood orange fist stick and I've got like all these different things. <laughs> so if you need any Arbon products, you can reach out to Laura, but how can they, how can they get in contact with you? Yes. So I have an Instagram that is L-A-R-A-E-M-B-E-E, Laura M-B. And I also have YouTube, which is Laura B, which is L-A-R-A and then B-E-E, like the, like the B. Like the bumblebee. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Um, I'm also going to put the links for both your YouTube channel and your, um, your Instagram in the show notes so that people can just click on them and and go to them and follow you and all of that stuff. Make sure that you turn the bell notification on and everything for her YouTube channel because she does post very consistently, which is awesome. Yeah. I feel like this was a great episode. I feel like we talked about a lot of really cool things. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with everybody? I, yes, actually, I think what goes along with kind of what we've been talking about, I think that for anybody listening, it's really important to understand that what we do as anti-MLM channels may not break through to someone initially. And sometimes we think that, you know, when we get somebody that disagrees with, with what we do, We need to remember with compassion that they don't always realize what they're doing and they're indoctrinated into that MLM and it takes time to get out. So with my story, I was lucky enough to get out and to be able to tell my story, but it takes time and it's like planting seeds. Mm -hmm. I think of it, it's planting seeds. So with what we're doing with this movement, it's helping to establish a platform for people that are potentially wanting to know if what they're doing is right or wrong and helping them to see, to get out. So I think that's just really important to keep in mind that it's not, it's a process that it's not always where we can flip a switch and have our friends get out of an MLM. Yeah. It's that, it's that, that ball of yarn. Yeah. It's a ball of yarn and that little piece, they, they see a video. And I, and I, one thing that I love about the, the anti MLM community is that there's a lot of resources available that people can consume quietly. 
you know, they don't, we, I know that I have a lot of people that watch quietly because they're like, am I the only one that feels that way? And I think that honoring that for yourself, if you're listening to this and you're in an MLM and, you know, you're trying to figure out how to get out or, uh, anything like that, just start consuming content around the same company, because there's a lot of creators that are kind of known for certain companies. So whatever company find an anti MLM creator and just, and just start listening. You don't even have to comment. You don't have to like, you don't have to do any of that stuff. I know that's what I did. Like I, there was a certain amount of shock that I was experiencing when I came across Roberta Blevins, um, TikToks. And I was like, you know, I've, I've, and I, I've never at that time, I had never really listened to, there was no anti MLM community when I joined MLM that kind of dates me, but it's true. And so in that moment I skipped through and I was like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to listen to this. And then it was like, well, hang on a second. I've never really listened to the other side of this. So allow yourself to listen, allow yourself to ask yourself how you really are feeling, allow yourself to um, just go through all of the emotions because there's a grieving process. There's a healing process, you know, and, um, there's so many different ways to make legitimate money from home. So, yeah, but I think this was a fantastic episode. I hope that you enjoyed being on it, Laura. It was really cool connecting with you kind of in this one-on-one space, um, outside of Instagram, like we've been talking, but, um, make sure that you guys go and follow her on Instagram, also on YouTube, go and drop a comment, um, on her videos and, and, you know, just support because really at the end of the day, what we're trying to do here is prevent people from hurting. I mean, that's, that's my whole intention with starting to tell my story and, and my YouTube channel and all of this is, is to help people to understand that they're not alone and to prevent more people from hurting because MLMs hurt people. And that's just my opinion. So thank you so much for being here, Laura. I appreciate you. I hope that you have an awesome day and thank you guys for listening. If you feel inclined, you know, go ahead and share this out in your story, send it quietly to somebody you care about, or, you know, just listen, we appreciate you being here and I'll see you guys on the next episode. I'll talk to you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Bye friends.